Hi, I'm Danny Carter Iddens, creator of Taking Back You. My vision for Taking Back You was simple. I wanted to create a safe place for mamas to focus on the dreams that have been placed on their hearts, where they could walk alongside other mamas who get and give advice on how to do this mom thing. I want to tell mamas what I wish someone had told me and to build a community of mothers who aren't afraid to reach for the stars, even while holding their children in their arms. Want to learn more? Visit takingbackyou.com because at Taking Back You, we know happy moms raise happy kids. You are listening to the Taking Back You podcast, hosted by Danny carter Riddens. Taking Back You is a witty, authentic, and sometimes sarcastic show for young mamas who are trying to reclaim themselves while fully entrenched in motherhood. Hello, hello, hello. This is Danny carter Idens with the Taking Back You podcast. I am so excited. We are back for part two of Dating Your Spouse. And Jim, you're still here, right? I'm still here going strong. <laughs> He's still here. So we, I didn't have a lot of time with him. So um, y'all know how it is. We we are obviously doing both episodes in one day. <laughs> so even though this is coming out the second week of Dating Your Spouse, uh, the Dating Your Spouse series, We've been in here for a while um, looking at each other because with our microphone, we have to face each other. So we're like awkwardly staring at each other while we talk, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. I know you just love to gaze into my beautiful eyes, right? I do. I do. <laughs> See, so it's fine. It's fine. Everything's I think, fine. yeah, maybe we should do more of this. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's weird, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, this week we're going <laughs> to... Uh, anyways, <laughs> this week we're going to talk, I'm going to share with you um, a Bible study that I went through about four years ago um, that really, really, really helped open up my eyes to um, some of the, I don't know, like issues that like I was struggling with. I'm like, like I talked about last week with that good old Catholic guilt um, and just a book, a Bible study is slash book that really helped me kind of get out of that and kind of see like how, you know, I don't need to feel guilty for like enjoying my husband and it's not weird and it's not wrong. And there was just, it was really hard um, for me to get through that for at the beginning of our um, marriage, because I feel like, um, once you get married, so like when you're before you're married, they're like, don't even look at each other too hard. Oh my gosh, don't touch each other. And then once you get married, they're like, okay, go nuts. And you're like, yeah, well, yeah but for the first like how many years of my life, all those suppressed. Yeah, uh, you like yeah. told me not to do any of this stuff. Yeah. And now I can go crazy. Like it doesn't. There's not like a switch that just like, you know, for some people maybe, but for me, there was no switch. It was not like, no, no, no. Okay, now go. You know, it was very hard to um, not have a lot of guilt, not feel very subconscious um, because of that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think so. And so I'm going to share with you this book. It's called Passion Pursuit, and it's by um, Julie Slattery. And Julie Slattery um, 
she, I met her actually, I got to meet her. I love pretty much everything she's ever written. I love it. Um, she's, she gives, she gave that quote. I believed I used it a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember, but it's basically, this is a paraphrase of it. It's not the exact quote, but basically she says, you know, you can't, you can only go so long, um, without following the dreams that God has put on your heart. And I just love everything that she says because she's not, um, she's not like holier than thou. She's not like weird and like, you can't understand, like she's coming from some weird place. And sometimes, um, what people will do and, and, and that I get a little nervous about with, um, reading, especially like female Bible studies is sometimes they start putting their like own personalities and their own views into the you know, Bible study and it's not necessarily rooted in the word. And like, I feel like Julie does a really good job with making sure that everything that you talk about, she's got receipts. It's in the Bible. You read it, you can read it yourself. Um, and she's just basically, her job is to explain it and expound it. Um, but it's called passion pursuit and it's, um, basically the subtitle is what kind of love are you making? And I think even, I think Jim would agree that reading this book was like really eye-opening for me um, because there was a lot of misconceptions, I'll say misconceptions, that I had about intimacy between a husband and wife that I thought were like religious, but they actually are well, no, I guess Which they are religious. Yeah, they yeah are. no, they are religious, yeah. but I thought they were biblical. There we go. I thought they were biblical, but it turns out they were just religious. Right. And so I think it it also has, uh, she mentioned earlier, I like to read a lot of religious philosophy. And I think it's kind of telling that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of this Bible study focuses on Song of Solomon. Yes. Um, and that's a, a Jewish text. Um, and of course, Christianity built on Judaism. And so a lot of the um, kind of taboos and stuff that uh, Christians have nowadays are add-ons mm-hmm. to that original Jewish culture. Right. And so once we peel back some of those layers, um, I think it's important to always think about why we believe what we believe. And um, that's part of the reason I like studying what I study. And I think this, it sounds like from what Danny's told me, this Bible study does a good job of peeling back uh, maybe current taboos that uh, you know are dominant in Christianity, uh, definitely dominant in Catholicism. I grew up in Catholicism. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so it kind of peels back those later uh, layers um, to the faith and kind of gets back to maybe some of the core of the the mysteries of sexuality uh, and things like that. Yeah, especially, you know, um, within the marriage because, you know, well, I'll tell you this, and this is kind of a funny story, a little a quick side story. Um, after Alex was born, I had I, I had not been going to church before he was born. And um, just for a lot of reasons, how I was raised in, in yeah, whatever, that being one of them. But after he was born, I looked at him and I was like, oh my gosh, this person did not exist before. And I was like, there must be a God because look at him. He's amazing. He's a miracle. Um, and so I started, you know, looking for church, looking to go to churches and I didn't, um, you know, but I never could pull the trigger. Um, and finally, just one day in November, uh, November of 2014, I had asked my really good friend, I said, Hey, can I go to church with you? And she was like, yeah, sure. Cool. Jim was like, no, I'm not going. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, I'll just go. 
So I went and what is really interesting is that the topic that they were discussing in like their series at this church, which is now my church that we're actually leaving because we're moving to Indy, but um, they discussed Song of Solomon. And I remember the pastor at the time explicitly telling, you know, like married people that we need to be having sex with each other, with our, our spouses, not with each other, just going around crazy, <laughs> but like with our spouses and we need to be doing it often. And I was like, hubba. So I come home and I remember clearly, I come home, Jim is folding laundry in our bedroom. Cause yes, he folds laundry. He does. Um, and I, he was like, how was church? And he's expecting me to say the, you know, old time religion. And I was like, well, we talked about sex. And he's like, what? And I was like, dude, you'd love the pastor. He's a biblical scholar. He's like totally up your alley. And this is what we talked about. I went to church today and we talked about Song of Solomon and how beautiful the relationship between a husband and wife could be um, if we didn't like put all these weird things on it. And so I went back, I kept going back and I listened to the entire rest of the series. Um, and I just thought it was so interesting because then right a couple, like the next spring, like that January, Passion Pursuit was the Bible study. And um, it was about Song of Solomon. I don't know if that was just like how it happened or if they had done it. I'm not quite sure. But then that continued to talk about Sol- Song of Solomon. And I went through and we did an even deeper look. Um, and I just really was able to kind of see where, you know, um, like how a lot of the things that I believed about relationships and about marriage, like how, what those were like completely wrong. Um, and I mean, I'm coming from a gender studies background. I have a minor in gender studies. So I, to say that I might be sometimes a little bit sensitive on the gender situation is pretty, I said it's pretty fair because I'm very gender equality, equity, all that. I'm in, I'm all in. So I, you know, kind of go at these things sometimes uh, like, mm -hmm, because I don't always, you know, I'm kind of, I'm wary of what I read, but I really like this book. Um, And I don't want to forget her. Linda Dillow also uh, joined Julie with this book. Um, But what I really appreciated about this book, and then we'll, we'll go on to something else. But what I really appreciated about this this Bible study, this series, was that it did not make you feel like you were less than if you were not believing or you weren't quite there yet with what they were saying. Um, Everything was put in a way that it was to let you know that this is for your benefit. This is so that you can enjoy your, this, this amazing gift of like love and sexuality with your spouse that God gives us. They just want, they're like, we just want to tell you about it. So you know about it. So you can, you know, get, get, get out there. Um, and I really appreciate, I really appreciated that because I felt like a lot of times, one of the things that was holding me back was that I always felt like I was, you know, not enough for this, but too much for that. And I thought that this, this book, the series really helped me um, realize that, yeah, where you are is cool, but listen, we're not telling you because you have to, but we're just telling you because like it could be even better than it already is. So 
Um, you can get that book at, you can get it on Amazon, but I'm going to send you to their website. So I don't know if they get more credit for it or anything like that. They probably get something from Amazon too, but just make sure. Um, if you go to www.authenticintimacy.com slash passion dash pursuit path dash study. I'll put that on the, um, notes on the podcast notes for this episode, but yeah, um, it's a great, great, great book. And, and it is a Bible study, but if you don't want to do it as a Bible study, you just want to read it by yourself, read it by yourself, read it with your spouse. They, It is geared towards women. So some of your husbands might check out. I did, I was very discerning when I brought Jim in. I didn't read it, sit there with him and read it with him because he was going to check out. But I did like, hey, babe, it says here, la, 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 la. you know, like we would have, they were like conversation starters that I would do with him. Um, and I do believe in, ooh, I might be wrong. I feel like there is a section of like conversation starters with your spouse or questions that you can talk to your spouse about or questions you ask. Um, so yeah, that's, that's honestly my favorite um, book on this topic of intimacy and relationships with your spouse. And, and it goes back to the whole dating thing um, because I think that that's, you know, such an important, if you don't have that intimacy, like we were saying last week, if you don't have the intimacy, the connection, doesn't matter what your budget is. Doesn't matter, you know, all the time you have in the world. You need that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just a few more comments on this topic before we switch gears. Um, I remember as a teenager hearing a Pink Floyd song that said they they showed us how to feel good, but told us how to feel bad. Um, and to me, that was religion growing up. Yeah. Um, and so for her to come home and tell me these topics that they were discussing. Um, where it was essentially the reverse of that, where um, they showed you how to feel good and told you it was okay and that it was a gift from God. That was a completely different type of religion um, than I had experienced up to up until that point. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's, it's hard um, because I think sometimes the block, you know, when you, you know, like, yeah, the overarching of this is dating your spouse, but I think there, at least for me, and I, I think that's for a lot of women, there's sometimes a block that tells you that like, you know, um, yeah, but don't enjoy it too much. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but don't, you know, don't get crazy. You don't want to be one of those girls, one of those kind of women. Sure. Um, and even with your husband, like where you should be, but it, it's hard to cut it off. It doesn't just happen like on the day of your, the day you are wed, all of a sudden you like don't have that block, you know, that block just disappears. That's not how it happens. Yeah, old habits are hard. Right. And so um, I think that some of this, you know, I, I think some of the things that make it hard for us to date our spouse after children could be almost, you know, like self, uh, like a kind of almost like a self-sabotage we don't recognize we're doing it. It's like almost subconscious, subconscious, but it's, it, it is something that we are doing. Um, we might be sabotaging our relationships. So, um, to finish off with, with this series, we decided we were going to have mercy on you and not have this one, have this episode be quite as long as last week. Um, we're going to do a couple things. We're going to, first of all, we're just going to tell you some of the, like, yeses and nos in our relationship like the do's and don'ts that we like are like are basically like our cardinal rules for our marriage um and then we're going to finish off and we're just going to tell you the things that we love to do together because um not all of them are money 
<laughs> money pits. <laughs> you know, um, some of them are just things that we love to do with each other. Um, so I would say the first thing, and this was, this is, I'll give you this. These are how, these are how we protect our intimacy. Our bedroom is, I would say it's pretty sexy. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you, yeah. (laughs) He's like, yeah, he's turning, he's like beat red right now. Just so you know. (laughs) So I, in terms of a master bedroom, Mm -hmm. um, you do want your, your bedroom to feel like a a safe space an attractive space, uh, for you and your wife to be in. Um, you don't want to have shouldn't be piles of this Laundry and, you know, a catch all yeah. for the house. Yeah. <laughs> Baby um, toys. And yeah. Cause that's yeah. Just... It should be a space that you've kind of carved out to be your space with that person. Um, when you have downtime. So, um, it should feel safe. It should feel relaxing. Um, yeah. And we, we paint. Clean. Yeah. Cl- yeah. We, we paint and, and there is something to having a clean bedroom because I feel like we're calmer when our bedroom is clean. I just feel like that, like you, the energy, cause all that stuff also creates energy, yeah. which fogs your energy. Um, but you know, when, when one of our biggest things and we are like sticklers for this is Alex does not sleep in bed with us. Nope. Not at all. Mm-mm. Um, I don't care what we'll go. We'll probably go in his room and sleep in his bed with him if he's not feeling well. But yeah, he does not come in our bed because that's that's just that's us. That's it's creating our, yeah. It's creating personal boundaries. Yeah. Um, and it's it's also kind of a symbolic way to say like this relationship is kind of what this is mainly about. Mm-hmm. And then you are a result of this relationship. Right. Uh, you have your own space. It's with you know it's orbiting around our space, right. but. Um, it's, it's separate. Yeah, no, no, that's very, I mean, he was, when he was a baby, when he was first born, um, he stayed in our room in, a, in his bassinet and then in his pack and play. Cause he grew out of the bassinet until six months, um, six months to the day I had been, I had started training him and I've been putting him in, um, his crib for nap time. So he was used to his crib in his own bedroom. And then six months of the day that night I put my man in his crib. I was, mommy loves you. I had a little thing that I would say to him. Um, I still have it written down somewhere. I don't say it anymore. Cause he'd be like, mom, I got it. Good night. Um, but you know, we still have our bedtime ritual every single night. I mean, he's five years old. We still do the bedtime ritual. It's changed, but it's still a ritual. He, he feels safe, you know, cause kids do, they need that rep- re- repetition. They need that structure. So we make it very obvious that he, um, you know, that we value him, that he's safe, that we love him. But, you know, at nighttime, he goes in his bed and mommy and daddy go in their bed. And that's just how it always has been. Um, The one time he slept in our bed um, was the power was out and it was storming like crazy. I mean, and who does that? You can't do that to your kid. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) that's just sick. Um, So yeah, he slept in our bed then. But like the minute the power came back on, and we were able to turn on his like sound, his fan and his music. I was like, got to go, brother. <laughs> um, you know, so that that's just our thing that we've always, always, always done. Um, and we yeah, we're very, 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 I don't know. I would say, I wouldn't say we're mean about it, but I would say that we're very like. We're firm about it. We're firm about it. Yeah. Yes. We're very firm about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say that. 
Um, I'm trying to think one other thing. What, what else do we do that's just like our, oh, Christmas. Oh, yeah. The first, um, <laughs> the first couple of years we were together, it, it, we just went through, I feel like what a lot of people go through, that push and pull of, you know, his family, you know, her family, um, going here, going there. Uh, and we just kind of looked at each other one holiday and we were like, you know, Christmas from now on, we're going to be at home. And that's it. If anyone wants to see us, we'll be at home. But um, we're not doing this back and forth all over the place uh, stuff. Like this is kind of a sacred time to just like be together as a family. And it shouldn't be kind of pulled apart and pulled in a million different directions. Especially because we were fighting. We'd be fighting. We'd yeah. go over people's houses, going over the in-laws. And we were just like, right, we were at each, other's, at each other's throats. And it was just like, why are we even doing this? We don't want to go. Like, you know, so we just kind of said, like, you know, we love our families. And so we made, we make, I mean, obviously we celebrate Christmas with both sides of our families. But Christmas Day, we are at home. And like, if you want to come see us, come on. But we are not going anywhere. Um, it was just the two of us before Alex. And now it's the three of us. And we just, we have our day that we spend with each other. Um, and it, we we guard that. Um, and we, I would say Christmas is probably an extreme example, but we we do that a lot where we just have days where we're like, we're not leaving the house. We're not going to go do all the things that you could do because we just really need to be with each other. Um, and that's just, you know, dating and, you know, and, and I think that we could probably round it off with this, you know, um, the series is called Dating Your Spouse, but really dating is so many things when it comes to your marriage. Like dating your spouse is a part of it, but like all of it is the, I don't know, the symptom or whatever, I guess, of the, you know, we are very, very careful, him and I, with like, just like our relationship. And so dating, going on dates with each other is part of being careful, um, respecting each other's time is part of being careful, respecting each other's, um, things that they like is part of being careful. Um, and so dating doesn't always have to be like actively getting out of your house and going and like going somewhere. Like one of our favorite things to do is we love to, we love to turn on Netflix and watch comedy. Um, that's when Alex goes to bed at night, you know, cause a lot of it, we can't watch it with him <laughs> in the room, but that's just, I mean, then that doesn't cost anything. And we just watch it and we laugh together and, you know, we'll drink a glass of wine or, or usually I'm drinking a glass of wine. He's drinking a beer and we'll just laugh with each other, um, and laugh at the same things. Um, yeah. So not only is it a shared experience, um, <laughs> that particular experience is, I mean, humor releases endorphins and mm -hmm. all, you know, things that are good for you as well. So it's just kind of a, that's something that we found that works for us. Yeah. To laugh at and not take yourself too seriously. Right. Um, Cause there's a lot of stuff going on in life and you can, you can easily fall into the trap of taking yourself too seriously. You really can. You really can. And I think people do all the time and, and stop it. it <laughs> there's a time and a place to be super serious, but it's not all the time. So stop it. Have fun. Um <laughs> And kind of one of the things with setting aside that time, like she was talking about, uh, one book I'm reading right now is called, it's called The Sabbath, 
And that's the whole idea. It's not necessarily there's, there's a certain day of the week that you have to honor it. It's carving out that space. And that space is like, uh, like God's temple kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and I, it's just a really cool concept. It's uh, Abraham Joshua Heschel, huge, big name in Jewish scholarship. Um, just incredible idea, though. And he's saying that not only are you taking time to rest up, you're not resting up for all these other responsibilities. Those other responsibilities are there for the sacred time. And mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. kind of flipping what the world says on its head. You're not recharging so that you can go out and, you know, work your 40 hour a week and all that stuff. The 40 hour a week exists so that you can, you know, have your resources for that sacred time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, and it sounds, when you say it like that, it's like, yeah, duh. Right. It sounds so practical, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. we've just, we get into these grooves of just, this is how the world works and uh, we need to rest up so that we can, you know, go have this intense week and then we don't have time for right. you know, the you people that, that matter. But then, you, and then too, you know, sometimes I feel like you, we have had weekends too, where we built it up so big and then we were exhausted and then we slept. And then like, then we felt like we didn't do anything because we were like, we just slept the whole time. But you know what? We were still together and we caught up on sleep together. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what, as a mom, I'm going to call that a win. Um, I and think. sometimes you need to do that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you just need to do that. Um, we, like I said in our last episode, we do our couples book club. It hasn't gone too well. But that also is even part of the fun of it. Um, that we both read these books and he's like, I think it was great. And I was like, that was the worst book I've ever read. Um, right. And then she reads them faster. She's a faster yeah, reader. Yeah. Oh yeah. I that's am. the other problem. So um, I'm done. And he's like, I'm, I'm kind of like slow and methodical, you know, and I'm like thinking of all the implications of all this stuff. And she's like, yeah, I finished that last week. And I'm like, oh. I'm like halfway so then, through. Now I want to read the next book, but I'm trying to wait for him. I'm like, can you just like stop and like, come on. So, I mean, yeah, we, you know, we have a lot of um, things that we do together and it doesn't always work. Um, we surprise each other. The latest I surprised him um, with uh, going to Nashville for his 35th birthday. Um, he thought we were going back home to paint. Is that what we were going to? Yeah. I think yeah, you thought we were going to paint. Think so, yeah. And psych. Um, he should have known more because I said I was going to. I offered to drive and you should have known better. Yeah. But yeah, I should have. You should have. But um, sometimes I'm just kind of clueless. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so I offered to drive and I drove us. I don't think I drove the whole way there. I didn't make it. But I think I made it pretty much yeah. a lot past Lo- what Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did pretty good. I'm proud of myself. Um, and he. Try every few years he tries to surprise me with the Goo Goo Dolls concert because they're my favorite band of all time. Except he gets super excited and has to tell me usually a month before my birthday, even which is usually two months before the concert. Um, but he tries, so he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an intended <laughs> surprise, but you but you can't make it. Can't make it. And he's also my grandma used to call him a bad refrigerator. She said, "Boy's a bad refrigerator. He can't keep nothing." And that's true. He can't. So um, if you have a secret, don't tell Jim. That's true. He will tell me. Um, luckily, I don't tell people secrets. But if there's, he also will tell other people too. So just. <laughs> She's a good refrigerator. Yeah, I do. I keep stuff. I've kept stuff for like, ooh, the things I know about people. Um, but, you know, whatever. So it's just really funny because for all the secrets that I can keep, Jim is, and he doesn't even know he's like telling him. He's like, <gasps> did I say that? <laughs> we just started talking and it came up. 
right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, that's just, those are things that we do that they don't really cost any money. I mean, like obviously Nashville was a penny. Um, but I mean, like just sitting with each other and laughing and, and honestly, even doing this podcast together, right? That's a good, you know, um, it's a good bonding time. I'm not saying get, go buy a, a, a Yeti microphone and some headphones and start doing a podcast together. But what I am saying is that, you know, you got to get a little more creative when you have kids um, on how to spend some time together. You could even go look for Yetis in the woods. Oh, my gosh. And see, this is yeah. when we have to stop this. Yeah. Because then... <laughs> All right. <guys. laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, guys. Well, next. <laughs> Next week, first of all, thanks, babe, for coming on. Um, nailing you, nailing yeah. you down was kind of hard, but we finally—I got you. I finally got you to do this with me. Um, we've been talking about it for a couple months, and just schedules—they're hard. So, thank you for coming on and for being my special guest. You're my first guest, mm-hmm. which I guess makes sense because. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but everybody, have a great week. Have a great rest of your week. Have a have a wonderful weekend. Um, and yeah, next week, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. It, it'll be fun, but we'll figure out something. It'll be good. Um, so don't miss it. And I will talk to you later. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid to podcast. I love Anchor because I was up and running in a couple of hours. You can even record your episodes on the go using their super friendly Anchor app. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on this and other episodes of Taking Back You, visit takingbackyou.com. And be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.